Boy, it feels good to be out. I'm Wednesday. It's and it's Wednesday. Uh, even though I have to say, this week I literally have no idea what day it is. Like, so where are you? Where are you right now? So we are in Berlin. Um, this is my balcony uh, here in Berlin. Everything is getting packed up. Um, okay. And actually, the only other room where Wi-Fi still works, uh, Marina is on the other side, where there's 16 students from Geneva University presenting some findings on your coach stuff. So, um, so I decided oh since we're kind of just bullshitting here to take uh, the balcony view and hence, um, you know, Need to look yeah, yeah. So, so talk to us before we go into the programs. Talk to us. Uh, what was the? So you flew from New Jersey to Berlin, and yeah, you're so relocating. We, we're um, yeah. So first of all, it was like really weird to be actually out of that garage man cave, <laughs> and out of the house. And like how many hours? Like, how many hours um, did you put in that garage? Oh gosh, I mean, it was three months we were locked up there, right? Like, um, so, uh, um, and then the Uber came and we're like, all right, what do we do, right? I mean, the mask's on, the, the sanitizer. Um, right. It was a little nerve wracking. Uh, the plane to Frankfurt was probably a third full. Um, okay. so, because obviously you're only allowed in if you're a German citizen or a resident. Okay. Uh, however, on the way in, I was shockingly surprised. There's no like temperature checks. There's nothing. I mean, we came to the passport control. Okay, right. that's it. Um, actually, Ber uh, Brandenburg, Berlin area does not require self-isolation um, okay. and self-quarantine for two weeks. So we've okay. been, honestly, I mean, you, you guys, well, the viewers and yourself seen the mask that I've been wearing. I wear it everywhere. But right. it was really odd to actually go outside to dinner. So there's only outside seating. The waiters wear masks uh, and waitresses. Okay. Um, so it's just odd to be out, Jim. Like yeah. great <laughs> feeling, but odd to be out. Right, so. right. And what's the vibe? What's the vibe in Berlin? It's active. Um, it's kind of... Yeah, it's actually pretty active. Like I, I have to say, um, I, I had to drop off uh, some stuff uh, at the school, girls' school, um, and same thing. Like you know, kind of wear the gloves and mask just to protect others. Also, um, and right. um, I mean, there are kids walking in, and you know, they're spraying the kids' hands walking in. Most okay. wearing masks. Um, the vibe is pretty good. Um, yeah. And then basically this Friday, we're back to New Jersey hood while we wait for our Spanish residency approval and Barcelona. Yeah. Next. Yeah. You're one of the first people I know that's done a proper in in transatlantic flight during the middle of this. I knew a lot of people were trying to get into the States like right there as it was happening. Right. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we did it on the other side in March when, you know, our, our fearless, right orange leader um shut down the borders um but uh yeah i actually remember on the way in was a very different experience i mean there was like one line everybody was suited up you know from cdc right. you know temperature checks um so it's a lot more relaxed which actually makes me a little bit nervous but okay. anywho um so we actually have our next guest from a completely different part of the world i'll just jump into it because i realized we bullshitted for like good five minutes and that means we're gonna have to you know I'm, remember i'm the i'm the yeah. timekeeper yeah. i'm Thank still in germany so i'm like da, 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 right um but when i'm in barcelona by the way 
this is gonna change, dude. We're gonna have we like we're gonna need to get a different timekeeper. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, we're gonna you and I are gonna walk over to another part of the bar, uh, and I'm gonna introduce you uh, to Laurence, and I'm gonna have okay. her actually yeah. introduce and say her name properly. Um, Perfect. But uh, but her background, she's been in pharma many years, kind of tried things in different ways and shape or form around innovation. And then the last couple of years, I went to tech. Uh, and then I guess a couple of last years, she's been a little bit of a nomad. So I'm actually looking forward to like really catching up um, with her properly. Uh, look at that. I can't even see my screen. I feel like a 90-year-old man. There we go. Okay. Yes, okay. We're Hello. letting you in. Cool. Lawrence. So hey, guys. Shall I have a virtual background or nada? We should what? office. <laughs> Whatever or, you want. Uh, or, Whatever you uh, want. This. Running message. I like that. Like oh yeah, let's do that. Hold on. I'm gonna and I'm gonna go to Jim's living room. So we're gonna pretend we're doing this together. Okay, hold on, my AirPods there are not connected. Something's going on. So uh well, wait, wait, one second. No problem. No problem. We got time. Well, I'm very it's very dark here, no? Here you go, it's perfect. Yeah. So pleasure to meet you. Before. Yeah, you guys never met, right? So I'm kind of like oh, dragging Okay, Jim. now it's working. I, I kind of dra dragging Jim over to the bar because I saw Laurence. And <laughs> can you actually pronounce your full name like properly? Seriously, in the honestly, I, I've never brought so long. I'm butchering my own name now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. In France, real name, ID stuff, my name is Laurence. Okay. Then... When I'm in the US, people ask me if I'm the secretary of Lawrence or if they can call me Larry, which freaks okay. me out. But yeah. then, so anyway, so I'm Lawrence there. And then I moved to Sarah in Brazil. Everyone calls me Sarah, US calls oh, wow. me Sarah. Yeah, okay. so I, which is also on my ID. I'm both, I'm Lawrence and Sarah. Okay, long, end, okay. long answer. I, I'm, yeah. So, so Eugene. Eugene just done a little bit of an introduction to you. You know, I, I describe myself as a recovering pharmaceutical executive, but you, so, but I'm not, but Same. you, you spent. <laughs> Same. So, so no, I, I remember when we first met, sorry, Jim, uh, you, you can, you can, you can dive into the pharma stuff. Um, but I remember when we first met, um, I was kind of still, I think, entertaining going to pharma. Then we met again, and you were like, kind of like, good luck. I've tried it every possible way, right? <laughs> so, um, but here we are. Yeah. We just, no, listen, so looking to, back, I mean, it was, it was, it was uh, you know, I, I know why I needed it. Because I, I came from, you know, being an entrepreneur. My first ever job working for somebody was pharma. And the reason I went there, I didn't need to. I went there because I thought I have never worked for no one in my life. I, it's like, I, need like, I need to learn discipline. I need to go to the army. So, <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I basically it did, it did what I wanted to learn there. I wanted to learn discipline, processes. Like, you know, I was too much of a punk. I needed that. Why don't you just go to Israeli army? 
Um, yeah, because I'm not 20. <laughs> and also, and also, I like to be the army. I know, you know what? I like to be in the army if I'm the boss. So basically, right. you know, in Novartis, I was level one in their organization. No one could give me any, you know, Grief. orders. So it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you so you joined pharmaceuticals after starting a technology company or being uh, or... no I sold I sold a company a while ago uh, it was the company okay. I started I was well where are we are we yeah back or? up oh, yeah we are yeah yeah back, back up a little yeah right. so, so, tell Jim who you uh, are yeah okay right. and our viewers so back up fabulous <laughs> hello viewers I didn't even realize we had started yet so hi yeah. everybody um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's just really cool. I mean, I, I was very lucky. My brother and I started a company when we were students because I was in law school and law school was excruciatingly boring. So okay. we created this company. It was the first e-commerce website in France dedicated to, to cell phones. And, uh, and we had a blast, like in the movies, we had like these, you know, super cool offices. We hired all our friends. We had cats in there, motorcycles, whatever, all the things you can, you can think of. Um, we had, you know, like the, you know, these Ibo dogs. Remember those Sony dogs? <laughs> yeah. So what, whatever so can we, be delivered, you, you sold. Whatever. We, we, you know, it was not a geek from yesterday. I was born a geek. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And then the nine years of, 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 building this really cool company and then a, a few others that we consolidated then we, we sold it. And then okay. this is when I, this is when I traveled the world, went to crazy places. And then eventually I ended up running innovation for pharmaceutical companies. Okay. Um, for Teva or? For, I started with Teva. Yeah. Teva. Okay. Yeah. Teva. Yeah. Uh, which was Teva, amazing. Sorry. They had, at the time, they had a really remarkable CEO uh, who was intellectually extraordinarily accomplished, and uh, and I challenged him. I met him in a, I, I, I met him by accident, and I challenged him. I said, "What is your company doing with digital? Are you guys engaging in this?" I had no idea what was going on in pharma. Then eventually, yeah. seven months later, he called me and said, you, you will not believe it. I looked around in the 50,000 people working there. No one's working on the stuff you've been telling me about. <laughs> do, do, you know, what, what should we do? And I said, well, you definitely should do something about it. And then they offered me a job, which I first refused, in fact. And then eventually yeah, he called me that? and he said, wow, Sorry. 2010 or 11? 10, 2000, okay. yeah, something like that. And then he called me and said, I heard you, you refused our job. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not looking for a job. And then he said, okay, what do you need? He was very smart. And I said, I need like no one to bug me. I need my time, my space. I need, <laughs> you know, all of that. And he said, okay, done. I'll have that written to you in a contract. And then, and then uh, it was, you know, it was a really extraordinary journey. We looked into every possible thing, digital health. Um, and created the, the we first worked on making the company ready for it. So we okay. educated the executive, the board, and well, we did a lot of really cool stuff. Then eventually um, a lot of change happened. He was um, let go by um, the board and a lot of people left. And then a few of us that, that were working directly with him decided to leave altogether. So the head of strategy, the, you know, a few, yeah. a, a few C-levels left the organization. And then eventually I went to Novartis and then Novartis okay. created the DAL. And so the DAL is the digital acceleration labs. So we 
were actually pretty much executing on a lot of things that I had worked on the plans of before. So okay. we did all of this stuff from startup competitions, hackathons, makeathons, uh, I don't know, you name it, prototypes. Did you say nakedons? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I think, I, I, honestly, that's what I heard. Maybe because I'm in Berlin. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to keep us out of the uh, out of the under the over 18, you know, in the YouTube. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, a makeathon. A makeathon is something extraordinary that I I learned everything about this uh, when I joined the board of something called Tom. Tom stands for Tikkun Olam Makers. And maybe you were at Exponential Medicine when I brought a bunch of engineers from Israel trying to, you know, build yes. solutions. Remember that? Yes. So that yes, was... I remember the presentation. Right. It was in the like one of the latter ones, but then at the yes. end, of the... I do remember it. Yes. Yeah. So they have this methodology that they bring makers and a lot of equipment and people with what they call need knowers, people with a specific challenge, people with disabilities or I would say people differently able. And they ask these people, like, what do you need? And they have something particular in their mind that they, they, they want to fix or they want to change or they want help for. And so the make it on is where you have a team around these people, you create something, but something that works. A hackathon most of the time, you, you end up with a nice pitch, a nice deck most of the time actually goes nowhere as you both know right um you know <laughs> but a make it on it actually goes somewhere you, you're not finished if you don't have something that works and then right. um and then after that the the person is going to be using this this product is going to be refining the specs so there's okay. there's you know it and then you're making it a working product and then, and then eventually you figure out a way to scale it and, and, and deliver it. So this organization, Tom, I've been a proud supporter of them. They have a catalog now of 400 something um, working, functioning products. And then they, you know, it's very properly documented. Anyone with the same challenge can download the file and then have this done with any makerspace and then for free. Right. So it goes from really like wheelchairs made in wood for 60 bucks in Asia to right. a skateboard for illegally blind kids who said, you know, um, I also want to have a skateboard. I'm, I'm curious, are they yeah. in the last quarter during, um, we're not allowed to say the, the, these words, but I'm, yeah. Shitstorm. Yeah. Shitstorm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, did, did these, this maker community actually come together around, I don't know, ventilators or, uh, yes, anything? absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't, you know, I, it's, I know it's not the same everywhere in the world, but we're very blessed here in Israel. This organization started in Israel. It's global, but it's the home is Israel. Um, we're almost over that, you know, we have very few patients left in hospitals at the moment. I don't think we have, we have any more patients under ventilation, but, um, yeah. but when it was, um, when it was, you know, a big issue here, immediately the community turned into making everything needed. Um, yeah, awesome. because it's in their DNA, like all these guys. And by the way, all these guys are like working in all, like, you know, all the, the, the tech in Israel, not necessarily in healthcare. It's just like, right. that's what they do over the weekend. In, you know, in Israel, people don't necessarily care much about talking football. They care about making stuff. 
So, okay. Um, okay. That's is there a lot of like, is there a lot of like manu like manufacturing? Was was Israel able to produce a lot of the like? Is the is a domestic manufacturing base able to supply a lot of the equipment that the rest of the world couldn't figure out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they had to. Uh, they had to. It actually, they announced today that they are stopping uh, importations of masks and gloves because they have successfully managed to make all the capabilities here in the country, which is a big deal. Okay. We all know that now everyone's trying to buy masks and gloves and it's, you know, it's the, mm. it's the far West right now with this stuff. So, right. um, but it's interesting because all the way to the, to, to actually the space industry has provided the first lines to create, to, to produce ventilators. Um, okay. Wow. So it's, it's really cool, but it's because it's, it's a country where the culture of collaboration is extremely strong. The culture of working together, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be working in the same industry. In fact, when I moved here and I started work for Teva, then I, I called all the guys doing innovation in everything else, literally, automo you know, automotive industry, right. uh, aviation, whatever. And we're like, you know, we became all best friends. Like we share the same challenges eventually. So here it's right. a place where everyone works together. It's not like where I come from France, where in fact, you, you know, it's, it's almost bad manners sharing your company's right. questions, challenges and all. So, so um, sorry, I was, I was delayed. I wasn't sure if you paused, but that, that's the challenge with these uh, Zoom sessions, right? And especially with sitting on a balcony. But I, I was going to kind of bring it back a little bit on, um, you know, the shitstorm stuff. Um, yeah. And, um, this is kind of the shitstorm free, you know, free zone. And I, you kind of mentioned to me something around free zone. Yeah. You're doing something yeah. with free zones. I'm like curious what the hell that is. Yeah. So, a few months ago, <laughs> so, you know, I've been work like I've been working and living all around the world. And as a result, some of my friends are very, you know, scatter everywhere and all my friends are in every possible city you can think of and then when we started this lockdown we um put together some zoom calls and uh, after a few i don't know days weeks i got really tired that every zoom call started by pretty much a like c update and uh, eventually good, yeah. i <laughs> and then eventually I created this uh, WhatsApp group for us and I called it the free zone. And I said, like, you know, if you want to join the resistance, we're in the free zone. We're not like right. this is a place that we're not talking about this. Uh, we're talking right. about everything else, particularly there was a moment in the lockdown. I don't know if you experienced that. That was really incredible, almost like if we were afraid that the world will will collapse or something where culturally it totally. was incredible. You had all the operas, all the plays, everything was available and I thought it was only, I mean, I saw an opera a day at some point. And so I, I really? created, I, so we, we worked on this idea of having a free zone. First, it, it started as a uh, WhatsApp group. And then literally, if like someone mentioned this was literally kicked out, lectured, and maybe eventually would come back. <laughs> but, uh, and, but now, uh, all the calls Sounds that we have Israeli. with our friends. <laughs> <laughs> French. <laughs> or I don't know the worst French. part. <laughs> but... Um, Eventually, all the Zoom calls that we're, we're having between us um, became on, under this label of, you know, this quality label of free zone. And if then right. we invite people and if someone gets too excited and starts talking about what's going on, unless it's a personal experience and someone really wants to share something that, you know, maybe it really needs to talk about it. Okay, fine. But if it's just to mention regular 
news or, or, or updates or whatever, we all read the news way enough. Like, you know, we have the data, we don't need to discuss it every day. So it's a free right. zone. And uh, other people then reach out and say, how do I do a free zone? So it's very easy. You make sure like you're, you're not allowing people to discuss right. so all of Jim, this. We, because, we yeah. didn't even know, but you and I basically also created a free zone, except we, we're, we're yeah, limiting we it to the two of us <laughs> and our sanity plus a guest every week. <laughs> right, right. Like this is a, yeah, this was totally, this is total therapy for us. We were just kind of, because everything was so, you know, like you said, you walk, like every conversation begins with, um, you know, it begins with, can you hear me? And then every, yep. and then it ends with, it ends with, uh, it ends with stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We, we don't even say this stuff anymore. No, I say stay sane, people. Stay sane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the sanity. Actually, like, I, something, I, you know, you know something that has changed that's so funny because you know i i again i've been pretty pretty uh mobile or <laughs> moving around a lot and people were always asking me where are you i was gonna say like, when did you actually come no back one, to tel aviv right no one is asking me where, where i am anymore um so it's a cool story i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna love that story i was in brazil actually uh wow. until sometime late march i was in brazil and uh, it was like in the movies, like it was on a Sunday, I called my parents and I said, you know, things are going really bad everywhere, but here we're fine. I think I'm going to, I'm going to take a flat tomorrow. I'm going to stay in Brazil the entire time of all of this because we're, we're cool here in Brazil. Okay, cool. Excellent. The following day at 3 p.m. I, 3 p.m. I mean, it's all in 24 hours, but the following day at 3 p.m. I visited this apartment that I loved. I told the guy, listen, I'll call you tonight. I'll move in tomorrow. And then in the meantime, I had a bunch of friends on the phone. I had Vishal that you know, uh, oh, yeah. in the UK telling me like, like he was really desperate. He was telling me of everything was going on in the UK. I was like, wow, really, that's terrible. Yeah. Then another friend called me from Italy, literally to describe everyone being like extraordinarily impacted there. And then- no, North Italy? Mine, was there a friend in yeah. North Italy? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then another friend called me and said, listen, I've lived in Brazil. My wife is from Uruguay. Like situation is really, really bad. It's just that, that they don't know yet. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> fine. And then right. at 6 p.m. I went to a meeting. And that was great because the meeting was in my house. And then I'm starting the meeting and suddenly all the words start to make sense. Yeah. And then I'm thinking... Yeah what am I doing here? What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like I'm right. on top of this, I have terrible, I, I, had, I have terrible asthma. I don't have health insurance in this country and this is going <laughs> to be so bad. So right. at the same time right. we're in the meeting, I'm starting to check on kayak. I'm like, okay, I check if there's a flight the following day, no flight. The day after, no flight. The day after, no flight. Then there's no flight. So I, out of curiosity, I look for the exact same day. And then this is where I learned it was the last flight from Sao Paulo to Tel Aviv, and there was only one seat on it, like for wow. real, 5A, 5A, it was the only seat there. So, and I thought, I'm in a meeting with seven people. If I start telling them that I need to leave now, everyone will have an right. opinion, I'm screwed, because I had three hours right. to make it to the airport. So I just told yeah. everyone, listen, I'm coming back. I went to my, <laughs> I went to my room. I threw all my Please. stuff in, the, in like, I had three suitcases. I had been there for a few months. Uh, in and out but anyway so i threw all my stuff and then i i called a friend i said dude buy me the ticket because it's only in portuguese and they want a portuguese like a brazilian credit card whatever and they say yeah, yeah go 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 i ran to the airport 
and I got there, I was the last person, then the women at the, the check-in said, um, yeah, where are you going? Because I'm not even sure I have a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so she checked in and she said, oh yeah, yeah, he just went through. She said, you're, you know, she confirmed. I was the last. That's insane. So you, you're, you were like nomadic kind of lifestyle. You said three months in Brazil, escaped basically before the shit went down in Brazil, really, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, I, yeah, so I, I, and then from there, I decided I want to go where I'm safe and safe is in Israel because there, this is a country that know what to do in case of emergency. The population right, right. is very compliant when things make sense to them. They're very wise otherwise, like everyone does whatever they want to do any, like any time. But when something's yeah. happening, they, they, they know what to do. And, uh, and in fact, this, there were issues here that we didn't have. Like never was it a question if there will be enough toilet papers or, or, or pasta or flowers <laughs> because, like, because here they're ready for anything. So there was right, never a right. question. The, the, you know, uh, all this, um, the, this patient tracking and this quarantine, all this was implemented in five days. Like it was done. Oh, right. And then like, Ready in, for in it, France, yeah. right. And what? in France, they're still working on it. They're like, uh, maybe. That's in the, the feeling. UK, they're like, you know, it, why not? The feeling I it's got, in, uh, Eugene, have you been to Tel Aviv? Uh, so Eugene. I've been once for like, 36 hours um and right. I, I loved every minute of it and i want yeah. more yeah Look, yeah this i did is the my same app thing today oh sorry I need to the no the... no i yeah i can see no overlap something right so right this is so easy it just says like no oh sorry yeah it's you gotta shut annoying. off the uh the background <laughs> yeah. for us to see but somebody um, needs to improve that see that's right. so easy it's just like there's nothing there's no account that you need to create. There's no nada. Like you just, uh, it just, you know, it's just so using the, the logs. For so the, the overlap is, is an app to stop to, for infection. Is that, is that the no overlap? No, there's points? no overlap with, with a patient or someone that has been exposed to a patient. That's no, nasty, a known nasty. exposure. That's what I think a lot wow. of countries are trying to release, right? Like I, I just read, yeah. I think Germany released theirs today, but, um, we actually went to the restaurant yesterday, uh, well, last couple of nights, we're like, oh, we can get out. Um, and we, each restaurant, this is the old fashioned way, I guess, you have to like sign your name and contact information on a piece of paper, Yeah. which by the way, in theory, yeah. you're using a pen that everybody else freaking touched. Um, what? Right. <laughs> Seriously, well, hold on. Well, I'm just we, you know, we have the sanitizer. You have to write on um, and then the menus are supposed to be wiped down. So like last night we went to this Georgian place and they actually had, you know, a piece of paper with a barcode scan. So it brings up a website with their menu, like right? Right. all of us, you know, but finally but like, we've been, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, but, uh, hold on because we're in the free zone here. I heard some people yeah. told me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <yes>. But question <laughs> for you on digital on digital health. I'm actually honestly curious. So Brazil, I've never been to Brazil. That's also on our bucket list here with Marina and and, mm. and fam. But uh, the three months that you spent there, like what what what's it yeah. like uh, when it? Especially you know, I don't I don't know how much you actually keep in track of digital health. Uh, just yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, yeah. No, no, I do very much. Um, so, well, I've been three months in and out, um, but I, I, you know, it's interesting. You have to see the entire picture of Brazil to understand where they are for this, because this is very interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's it's obviously a very big country. Sometimes we forget how big it is. Uh, mm. It's a very large population. It's also a very young population, meaning that mm. their technology penetration, technology literacy, literally overnight went from close to zero to close to 100%. If you take, mm. you know, sorry, I'm making caricature here, but you understand what I mean. So yeah, suddenly yeah. you have the, you know, the entire workforce is technology literate when it was not the case very, very recently. So mm. that being said, because there's no entrepreneurship ecosystem like we know in Israel or like we know maybe in Berlin or, or obviously um, Silicon Valley or other places. So it's completely ripe for disruption absolutely everywhere. Everything is bursting. Everywhere you go, you meet with all, like all these people. They want to do things. They want to change things. They, 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 are, mm. they are starving for new stuff and they don't even know what new means. And so they want to try things. So suddenly it's blooming everywhere, like these co-working spaces, but also a lot of people who are doing things completely erratically, not knowing what they're doing. So you're like, oh my God, these mistakes, I've seen them like, like, yeah. like I spent so a year, I, I spent a, I spent a year and a half with Health Beacon with my company trying to get it into Brazil. Like, so we had a big yeah. pharma company sponsored us. We brought it out there and, you know, we had it underwritten and the regulations, I mean, they did everything they possibly could. And we were quite determined. Like I've never, I've never not got it into a country. It's the only country of the 15 countries I attacked. Mr. Type A personality. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the only, it was the only country. And in fact, I still have my health. And I got the licensing. I got the regulators. You needed special cellular systems. You needed, but the taxes, the taxes and the legal entity and the, and, I, and, and some of the stuff would get, even just getting a, a handle on it. So like coming in from the outside was definitely, you definitely need to have to, have to hit a few curve models. Yeah. But that, that, yes, that's true. That's why you need to have solid partners. So the thing is that in Brazil, I have incredible partners. They've been in the field for many years. Um, they've been in medical device. They've been, so I, this is the only that way you can like actually- sounds like there will work. be a follow-up conversation here. Yeah, it looks like that. It looks like that. But I, I, you know, I met with incredible people running the innovation for the largest hospitals. Hospitals there, it's a very interesting scene. You know, they, they have three formats for hospitals, which I don't think I've heard um, of, of, of this in other countries. They have public hospitals. They have private right. hospitals. But they have also um, uh, charity-based hospitals. So okay. uh, philanthropic hospitals. So, okay. so this is very interesting because public hospitals, I mean, they, they have all the challenges that we know, and, you know, very similar to, you know, everywhere else in the world. It's, it's, it's public, it's, you know, they're, they have problems with the Stress. budget and all of these things. So, and, and a lot of regulation and, it, you know, so this, this is what we know. Public hospitals, you know, sometimes very fancy, you know, Brazil is equally, extremely poor as the same thing has extremely you know, wealthy populations as well. So the private hospitals are not facing the same challenges, but in, you know, usually very fancy and all that. Then the, the uh, philanthropic hospitals, they are so desperate for, um, for efficiency. They're very tight on the money, but they have an objective is to treat people no matter what. So these okay. are the guys who are susceptible to welcome any type of innovations. So I've met with people who are working with those philanthropic hospitals and they are ready to incubate pretty much any idea to pilot any prototype, any project, any solution. 
because they, they, this is philanthropic money. Each dollar right. is important. It's coming from donors, not from the state mm -hmm. or not from wealthy clients. So this is, this I found was extraordinarily interesting. There's about 4,000 or something, uh, philanthropic yeah. hospitals. Some of them are wow. extremely big. Wow. We're talking That's like a large not, number, but I it's a large number. It's a large number. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, yeah, so this is a very interesting area, Brazil. And is it I, true? I, I, is it true in Brazil? Like you, um, they have like a helicopter uh, Uber service. You can go like building to building by helicopters. It, yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do you know, actually, I don't know if you, if, I don't think Eugene knows that even. I am actually, uh, at some point, I didn't pass the license, but I took lessons to fly helicopters. Oh, really? That's awesome. I'm not yeah. surprised, however. Useful. Not the fact that you <laughs> didn't pass, just the fact that you went no, there. I never had the time. I never had the time. Uh, and I, yeah, anyway. I just, didn't just remember, you can never find the time. You got to make it. That's true. Like I, no, but the time, no, the, the thing is time with me is tightly connected to geography. So I, w I could never be every week at the same place for my lessons. That's the thing for the last the few nom years. The I had nomad lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, on, on, on that, on that note, I'm going to, I'm remember I'm the, I'm the time clock guy and, um, right. I wish we can actually continue we like for another, but like our, our, our listeners. Uh, so we've been actually creeping up on, on the percent of the show watched. I think we're, we're, we're going up. We didn't even review the stats this week. Yeah. Tim. How are we doing? Uh, st still, still up and up. I just figured, you know, <laughs> the viewers would want to know my, you know, how do I get out of the New Jersey garage, uh, and in Berlin, so. <laughs> but, right. uh, uh Hans, Lawrence, Sarah, <laughs> I'm gonna keep this. <laughs> just keep naming your names. Uh, it was it was an I honor and a pleasure. I didn't know we were already on. I didn't yeah, know no, totally. We're yeah, right see, at it. it just this, flies by. But Eugene, this is yeah. our first. We've got we've got Tel Aviv, Berlin, and Dublin covered. For this, this is Ooh, kind of yeah. is yeah, like the oh, little kind of. <laughs> if I if our house was not emptied out, because um, we're actually gone, there's like nothing in the house anymore, almost. Um, Right. This is a perfect time because usually it's like afternoon for me and like, you know, yes, it's a shot of digital health, but like taking a drink at two in the afternoon when I have more calls, damn it, I should have been prepared and actually taken a <laughs> drink with me because we're all in the yeah, evening. Pleasure, well, we but... can do it again. We can do it again. We <laughs> yeah, can exactly. Wine exactly. for sure. Would love to. But that's an amazing background. <laughs> so for those great, who are still talk. with us, don't forget to subscribe because Jim and I, uh, to our YouTube channel, hit the little subscribe button uh, because we yeah, need to yeah, get yeah. to a thousand followers and that's when we can start monetizing it. So exactly, um, and us, we're only at like rich. 57 or something, 58, but hey. Yeah, Seba but, um, Sebastiano, Sebastiano, my youngest said you were very non-boomery by saying subscribe. He's like, Eugene is very tech enabled. He's not a, he's not a classic boomer like me. Yeah, that's what he said. Click the button right there. All right, I'm not a boomer. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. That All was right. fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for the great.